Hey, hey, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Table Talk with Toddy podcast. Joining me today is Candace Nicole and Judith Jock Hens. Candace is no stranger to the show, but for those of you listening who have never heard her before, she is a graduate of Morgan State University, a full-time entrepreneur, millennial PR coach, owner of Candace Nicole Public Relations, and creator of Women Who Hustle. She started CNPR 10 years ago and has worked with some of the top talent in music and film to include Spike Lee, Music Soulchild, Tika Sumter, Marsha Ambrosius, Wyclef Jean, and much more. In the last four years, she has shifted into working with more small businesses, entrepreneurs, expos, conferences, and developing brands. Throughout the years, CNPR clients have been seen and highlighted on BET, Rolling Out, Sheen and Essence Magazine, The Huffington Post, Black Enterprise, and more. She is also a speaker the author of two ebooks, The PR Puzzle and Be Your Glow Up, member of Black Public Relations Society, and most recently named one of the top 25 African American PR millennials in the Huff Post. She is now a new resident of Charlotte, North Carolina, hailing from the Washington, D.C. area. And Judith was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. And in 2005, she traded in the cold winters of Chicago for Los Angeles, which which has been the place she has called home for the last 13 years. Upon moving to L.A., she did a six-month program for recording engineering at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood. It was exciting, but not the business for her. Soon after, she began working as an ABA therapist with children and adults on the autism spectrum, and in May of 2014, she graduated with honors with a B.A. in psychology. In 2016, Judith totally changed her career path and started her master's in global technology and development at Arizona State University. While completing her master's, in March of 2017, she finished a three-month internship at the State Department with the Office of Foreign Missions in L.A. Soon after her internship, she was awarded a scholarship that led to a month-long trip to Ecuador to conduct research and learn about the country. It was a life-changing trip that further encouraged her passion for traveling the world. Judith has always been an activist and ally for Planned Parenthood, League of Women Voters, AAUW, Human Rights Watch, and the LGBTQ community. But because of the recent events that have taken place in this country, she has taken direct action and joined the White People for Black Lives chapter in the Los Angeles area and Aware LA. Now, after spending time with Candace and Judith in Los Angeles for the 2018 United State of Women's Summit, it was evident that our connection reached far beyond this one event. To give you a glimpse into our experience at the summit, I asked the two to join me for a candid conversation today. Let's get into it. Welcome to Table Talk with Toddy, a podcast for millennials where we bring real life topics on the table for real talk. I am your host, Natasha Toddy Weston, lifestyle entrepreneur and three times best-selling author. I'm a sucker for business, branding, and self-development, but I created this space to escape from the worlds we create for ourselves on the daily. 
Table Talk with Tidy is the epitome of having the girl next door right in your back pocket. So kick back, pour up, and join me each week for real talk, current events, and powerful conversations about life, business, and all that other ish. So welcome to the show, ladies. So excited to have you here today. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. Awesome. So just to give the listeners a brief background into my brain and why I thought that this would be the perfect collaborative podcast episode. As you guys know, I we all three of us went to the United States of Women's Summit, which was in L.A. this year. And on the plane ride back home to the East Coast, I thought about our experiences at the summit and how unique our time together was being three completely different women from three different walks of life and three different ethnicities. I thought that was just so unique how we met each other standing in line and mm-hmm. and how we connected and now we're on a quest to build a, hopefully a lifelong relationship and mm-hmm. also to continue to make impact um, on a collaborative level. So Judith, Candace, and I had dinner. I don't remember the name of the restaurant. During uh, our Pamia. It's called Mexican. Okay. During our last night in Los Angeles. And the conversation that we had at the table was one that I deeply believe many more people, especially women, should hear. It was kind of like, I wish people could be a fly on the wall to hear kind of the, the, the dynamics of that conversation we had. So today's episode is to do just that. We want to have a genuine, real, and raw conversation about this summit, feminism, women in leadership, and much more. So for those of you who don't know what the United States of Women Summit is or what the United States of Women is in general, it's a national organization that was organized during the Obama administration for any woman who sees that we need a different America for all women to survive and thrive and wants to work together to achieve it. The United States of Women amplifies the work of organizations and individuals at the forefront of the fight for women's equality, and it provides us with tools, access, and connections that help women see and step into their power to break down the barriers that hold women back. So this was the second year that they've done this summit. I went to the inaugural one in 2016, which was in Washington, D.C., But this summit is a powerful gathering of women and allies from across the country. Well, actually from across the world, because there are women from all over um, who come. And the goal is to break down barriers that stand between women and full equality. So on this past May 5th and 6th, thousands, I believe like over 5,000 women, we gathered in L.A. to inspire each other, to be inspired to teach, to learn from each other. And we had the opportunity to connect with leading organizations to channel our energy into action, leaving us with new ideas, new friendships, new partnerships, hands-on training, and the tools and resources we need to make change at all levels. And this year, we sat in the room, front row, may I add. (laughs) 
amazing, amazing. Uh, we sat in the room with Jane Fonda, Beverly Bond, Connie Britton, Mayor Asia Brown, Sophia Bush, Angela Rye, and of course, as Candace calls her, our forever first lady, Mrs. Michelle Obama. Yeah. Oh my gosh, forever, forever, forever. Yes, oh my gosh. So if you guys just even heard that overview, it was so overwhelming to be there. It was so exciting. Um, and I'm so glad that Candace and I, we've known each other, but this was our first time meeting in person. And y'all, we survived being roommates. So I think that is like a stamp of approval on this friendship because we did not kill each other and we are looking forward to traveling together a lot more. And then we met Judith, who is our Cali BFF. (laughs) And I feel like we've known Judith forever. and, And that just speaks to the impact that this summit made and what it's actually doing for our country and for women um, in general. And so let's just go ahead and move the conversation forward just a little bit. I want to ask, well, I guess our first answer is how this event was different for me because it wasn't just one caliber of a woman in attendance. Um, A lot of the conferences and summits that are hosted in this in the name of women's empowerment. I don't feel like they're really um, they don't make you feel like you're in the room with people that may have the same issues as you, or people who can um, kind of slap you back into reality and say, okay, well maybe life isn't as bad as I thought it was because so and so is going through something worse. Um, another thing I think is different about this summit is that we had room to wear our emotions and have each other feel our pain, whether we knew each other or whether it was our first time meeting. Um, So, you know, I'm really big on the fact that I don't think we can truly impact what we can't feel. And the United States of Women's Summit definitely did that for us. So what do you think, Judith? What, What was different about um, this summit or this event that you've attended um, for in the name of feminism or gender equality or women's empowerment? Um, so honestly, since I had never been to the summit before, I didn't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to like I've been to a leadership in DC before. I've um, I've been to some events here in LA, and kind of like what you said, this event specifically, I mean, encompassed so much raw emotion and it really, like you said, gave a space for you kind of to just feel, I mean, it's been two weeks and I'm still processing, I mean, all of the different speakers, all of the people I met, all of the breakout sessions I went to and, um, Speaking as a white woman, yes, people, I am white. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I um, am often in very white spaces. And so this summit was the definition of inclusivity to me and representation of literally every single walk of life. Every, Every different type of woman you could imagine was there. And there were some men there too. I mean, not a lot, but there were some men there. So, um, it really exceeded any like small expectation that I had because there were so many different spaces and different, so many different issues from, you know, bringing more native 
American women into the fold because they are just having a really difficult time in kind of some feminist spheres. Mm -hmm. And then um, body image things, like just having more of a positive body image, you know, and uh, what else? Just uh, at the expo specifically, I mean, the sheer amount of organizations and women just fighting the good fight between, uh, helping new moms to, you know, female reproductive rights to investing your money in women. I mean, it was just, it exceeded everything that I could have imagined. And it was completely different than any conference And I've probably been to about 10 different types of conferences similar to this. And this exceeded it uh, like tenfold. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Candice? So, excuse me. Um, I don't, I don't think I really went in with any expectations. Of course, I kept up with Natasha in 2016 when she went to the first one in DC and I just said, man, this is great. I would love to be, you know, at the next one when they do have it. But with it being in L.A., to be, I just, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I just knew I was super excited. Uh, Natasha suggested that we get there early in the morning, and I'm so grateful that we did that up by 5 a.m. in line 6.30. Met up with Judith randomly in a line to the side. (laughs) And there we were like, oh, my goodness, is this life? Like, we really are in the front row, like in the Shrine Art of Fram, right? We could touch the stage. Um... I was blown away, um, and I also will kind of piggyback to Natasha. You mentioned you kind of briefly talked about our our dinner conversation, and that very much uh, set the tone just for a lot of the weekend because it was a conversation that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Natasha and I were African American women. It actually it felt really good to be able to have such a candid conversation with a white. And yeah, yeah. You know, yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. It you was know what I mean? like with us talking about white privilege and you not taking offense to it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Because it needs to be talked about. And exactly. that's what people don't do. <laughs> exactly. So then going back to the summit itself, it was it was mind blowing. It, it yeah. kind of set set me on fire. You know, someone, you know, kind of lights a fire um, under under, you know, what? To me, I think being more open to politics, really yeah. learning about politics. Do I know, you know, surface of what's going on? I do. But do I really pay attention? No. Um, and this one panel, I think, that we set in on, I believe it was all actually African-American women that were very much uh, deep-rooted in the, you know, in politics. I said, you know what? You really need to understand what is going on in your city, like of where you live, Candace, and how you can lend your influence to your community and to these young girls and, and to the women in your community. Um, so it was just, it was mind blowing. It was, it was emotional, super eye opener, and it was a breath of fresh air. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with both of you ladies and um, just kind of going back to what we talked about originally, I feel like another way that this summit was a bit different from the ones I've been to in the past, or, or to be quite honest, to you know, I really, I think for like the last five years, I haven't really been moved to go to many 
conferences and summits that were in the name of, you know, women's empowerment, because I think everybody has a different definition of it. Um, and some people take it more serious than others. I feel like when we say women's empowerment, a lot of people are saying it as a way to reel people in. And then they just, it's just all about business and brand building. And that's great because I know Candace and I, that's the space we come from. But I don't mm-hmm. feel like, I feel like you you make more of an impact when you really know what our audience is. What are their deep internal issues? And I feel like if you are not aware of that, you can sell them a book or a product or a service, but you'll be a more value to them if you are relatable. If they know yeah. that you are you are human flesh and you're struggling with maybe not the exact same issues, but you can feel their pain, like I said in the beginning. And I feel like with all three of us being there, we can now better relate to the women or the people that we encounter on a day-to-day basis because although we don't know anything about some of the issues firsthand that we heard at the summit, we have a better idea of how intense this pain is for the women who were there. Um, And so I, you know, I think Candace and I talked about this at the hotel after Saturday's um, event. And we were just amazed at really some of the people who weren't there who we would have thought because they have, you know, large women empowerment organizations or things like that. And I was just thinking how much more impactful we all can be if we make these types of events priority. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I, um, one thing that just to piggyback off what you're saying, one thing that I noticed is there were a lot of young women there, like speaking specifically, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like young, like teenagers, maybe like, and you know, I'm a little bit older, I'm in my thirties, but I mean like teenagers and early 20 year olds and that from a space that I would never have known about if they wouldn't have spoke their truth, you know? So, right. That's absolutely true. And it makes me wonder, like, could that have been us if we had stepped out? I feel like the younger generation, they're a lot more courageous than we were. (laughs) Yes. You kind of like just being a little bit older, you kind of, for lack of a better term, maybe suffer in silence sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I think younger people have really just been like, nope, I'm just going to say what I'm going to say and do what I'm going to do and speak out where I'm going to speak out. And people give millennials like a really bad rap. And I I don't believe it. Like, I think that they're doing real, some of them are doing really great things. Some of them are doing stupid things like on YouTube, but (laughs) most of them are doing like some really great things and they're saying great things and they're acting in great ways. And it's just really inspiring. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's provoking us to do more because we've been on this earth longer. We, you know, Mm -hmm. in some cases we have more wisdom and more experience. Um, and, and I think Judith mentioned this a few minutes ago. It just, ever since the summit, it's been two weeks now. I've just been in a new space, like wanting to do more, wanting to learn more. And Candace said about, especially about politics on a local level, what can you do to lend your influence where you currently stand? Um, and I think sometimes we overlook what's going on right in our communities. And we think that 
we're not important or we won't be able to impact at such a lower level. But this is kind of like putting everything in a pot so that our overall government and our overall country can become a better place. And so I'm excited about, you know, moving forward and and doing more, especially on a local level. So Candace, what was your most memorable moment from the summit? Like, what is something that you've been sharing with everybody? Of course, besides the obvious, Michelle Obama. (laughs) (laughs) What has been something that you found yourself um, sharing with, you know, rather it be family or colleagues or clients? What is that one moment? Or if you have more than one, what's that one moment um, that you constantly think about or that has impacted you the most from this summit um well okay so because you mentioned that i have to tell people about (laughs) the forever kind of just like floated out in her all white Um, yes (laughs) she was absolutely gorgeous and when i tell you you guys i was in a floral dress and i had on my white heels as well when she came out I shot up out of my seat and I was jumping up and down in my heels, screaming like actually just walked out. And it was- Wait, wasn't it that? Wasn't it who's which one of you guys said this is the best quote? And I have been saying this to everyone. Who said this? I can't. It was one. Of I you think it was said, me, Natasha. Yes. Oh my god, say that. That's so funny. You have to say okay. that. To- I yeah. said we were sitting so close to Michelle Obama that we could see the lotion on her legs. <laughs> real it was the real yeah but that, that 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 actually that is something that I was um that I do share with everyone why and it's because it was just such is this life right now is this mm-hmm. my my life right me being in the moment standing there and then replaying of just how was I even going to get to LA right. so much right. stuff like in the back on the back end of stuff you know of that you're thinking about and here I am I'm like wow this is this is amazing. Um, the other thing that did very much impact me, well, every, everything did, but hearing uh, number one, Jane Fonda, yeah. excuse me, Jane Fonda, with her beautiful um, speech and her truth, I will say, of her actually speaking of being a, um, a white woman of privilege and her, you know, actually saying, wow. Not even realizing that. Because as everyone knows, she's been always very active, always been an activist, you know, wonderful actress, but she's very much been on the on the front with a lot of different things, right? Years and years and years. Um, but this was a time that I believe I think that she probably said publicly about acknowledging her um, her own white privilege. And then when the other um, it was a white woman, the one who started um, I guess the, the network of the organization with, I guess, Moms Against Guns, I think she started it shortly after Sandy Hook. She, oh, actually, yeah. mm-hmm. she actually did touch um, a bit on that, about her realizing about how her her life as a white mom with two sons is very different than a black woman with two sons, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that very much, that that's something that I very much, I think about, but it's more so I appreciate it. And especially coming from Jane Fonda, considering her age. Right. Yes. Um, I yes. appreciated her, her honesty. Um, something else that stuck out for me is the two women that 
the one who spoke up, she was actually in prison, and I believe she was raped. Yeah. Um, in yeah. Oh, in the crowd. Yeah. That yeah, that was my most memorable moment too, Candace. Her and then the other woman. Um, this was during a, a session, I want to say. Oh, oh yes, it was a, it was a session. I don't know if you were in there, Judith, where it was speaking about your story, right? And oh, I came oh, in at the end. Yeah. She she spoke and said, you know, it's also we also she 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 said. We actually do not even owe our story. So let's get it out that you also do not owe someone your story because mm-hmm. she actually was a uh, survivor of rape. Mm-hmm. So where I'm going with that is I actually had a personal moment of how I actually grew up with some some type of privilege as well, right? Because hearing these women speak about what they survived, I'm just like, wow, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I can only imagine. So what a privilege, you know, that is. Then I started to think about all of the thousands of women, right? Because we were in there like 5,000 women. All the other women who are survivors of rape or just domestic violence or emotional abuse. And you don't think about that stuff because you do. You get stuck in your own bubble. And so that actually just really, that was a moment for me where I said, all right, kid, you need to, you know, I thought I was kind of like out of my bubble, but it's, this is the world like you just never know right. you're driving to someone you don't know what they just came home from or you don't know what they're going home to um to the person that you're sitting next to on the bus or the train even on the yeah. airplane right mm-hmm. so just hearing that those those were i guess you could say my, my two most like um impactful moments. right what about you yeah. judith Oh, well, you know, the obvious. Yeah. I'm just going to start calling her Michelle, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're like, we're like friends now. I was, I, you know, I was like about five feet from her. So, you know, we're kind of friends, mm-hmm. but anyways, or my forever first lady. And I love that. I, I don't know who made that up, but Candace. props to who made that up because <laughs> I love I, it. I won't, I won't take it. I heard that. Um, no, someone, oh no, I think just a lot of people started to say that. And then yeah. she was at, I think, the signing day at Temple University. Mm-hmm. And then that's when she actually, she referenced herself, referred to herself as the forever first lady. Oh, wow. my God. I love that she yeah. just did that. Oh, I my know. gosh. I she love that. She is something anyway. else. Yeah. I mean, I obviously, I loved her. And, you know, her with, uh, so just for the listeners, she when Michelle came out, she was the last speaker of the day. And Tracy Ellis Ross a wonderful actress and activist. Um, they were just did like a sit down, like just little conversation. And I don't know about you guys, but didn't it feel like you could just, she was one of your, like Michelle was just one of your girlfriends that you could mm-hmm. sit and have like a glass of wine with and mm-hmm. just like have real talk with, Yeah, you know, I mean, that's how any like, cons- like ideas that you have of her. She was just so authentic, so down to earth, She's funny, you know, I mean, just, I just loved her. So obviously that was one of the big things for me. Um, and also, I mean, it's the same as you, Candace. you know, being a white woman in a lot of white spaces, it was really refreshing. Like Jane Fonda and Patrice, um, how do you pronounce her last name? Colors? I think it's yeah, Colors, yeah. Yeah, Colors. Um, it, you know, she's a co-founder of Black Lives Matter. I mean, both of them together, just they're like, you could see that they're love for one another. And you could see that, you know, 
Jane Fonda wasn't, you know, she was admitting like, Hey, I have to keep learning. Like I'm a privileged white woman. And, you know, and I said this when we were at dinner, you know, sometimes I feel in the white spaces and the white privilege that I was born into. Like when I try to bring up race, I'm a lone wolf. Yeah. Like, you know, I mentioned like I'm a lone wolf, you know, and people always say to me, why do you got to bring up these things all the time? And they give me a hard time and this and that. I'm like, and then I have to go into my spiel of why this is important. And it just was very, uh, let's see the word I'm looking, maybe like validating Mm -hmm. for someone with her status and her privilege. And you're right, Candace, her age to say the things that she said. And if you haven't seen her speech, um, you can definitely YouTube it. It's great. I mean, it really is. And Patrice colors as well. Um, I also liked just two other, I mean, I loved everything about it. I mean, just the sheer volume of rawness and, and, eye-opening. I think Candace, you said aha moments like on your social media or something. Like I just felt like that too, but I really liked, um, Tarana Burke, um, like speech too. Um, she's the woman that originally started the me too movement, you know, did start the me too movement. And I loved her, um, ending about, you know, we have all of these, you know, things that we feel passionate about and, and calls to action that she wants for us. But in all of this craziness that's going on and just being a woman in general, like you need to make sure that you take time for Mm self-care. And I really liked that. Um, because I think as women, sometimes we put that at the wayside, um, until we like reach, you know, a boiling point. So I kind of like that. And I mean, I'm kind of, and I will fully admit this. I am a Kamala Harris fangirl. I like <laughs> love her. Yeah. I do. I love her. <laughs> and, um, the two other women that she was like, um, at the seated chat with Yara, I can't pronounce her last name. I never can either. Tahiti. Yeah. Yeah, She's um, an activist. And I think she's on that show Blackish, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then she has her her own show called um, Grown-ish, which is hilarious. Oh, I haven't seen that. I I haven't seen either one. I'm ashamed to say that. But I'm going (laughs) to add that to my list of things to watch. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I really loved their... Oh, and the third woman, her name was Brittany Packnett. Yes. And she is in charge of Campaign Zero. Um, She's, like, the co-founder, which, for people that don't know, isn't that out of Florida? Like, she's trying to get Mm -hmm. um, released... Uh, people from prison that have gone back into society, paid their due to society. She's trying to restore their voting rights, right? right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So just want to make sure I had that right. But like, I love their conversation. Um, that was really good. Um, and the lastly, uh, the Olympic gymnasts, mm-hmm. um, Allie Ramson, Ram. I don't, I don't know how to print. I'm totally butchering her last name. Tiffany Lopez. I wrote this stuff down. Jeanette Antolini and Jordan Weber. Those were four of the Larry Masser victims. They were gymnasts that were abused by him for years and years and years. And I tell you what, it takes 
a lot of guts to replay that story and mm-hmm. speak that story to a room of 5,000 people. Oh, yeah. You know, and they're young. I mean, I think that some of them are not even 21. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they are a little bit older, but um, that really stuck out to me. And, you know, the whole the whole morning session and then most of the afternoon. Oh, and the Native American women that... Um, did the opening ceremony. Like they did this like beautiful um, native American song, like blessing all blessing the summit and like the people that were attending and, you know, to make sure that we bring them into the fold. I really liked their message too. So there was just so much, I mean, it's hard to like pinpoint one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course the two of you kind of summarize some of my favorite (laughs) parts too. Um, but I think Candace mentioned the women in prison. Um, it was during a breakout session, I believe. And this lady kind of, after they got done with the panel, she kind of yelled out, well, what about, I don't hear anybody talking about women who are abused in prison or women who have gotten out of prison and can't get jobs or whatever the case may be. And that to me was probably one of the most heart-wrenching moments I think of the whole day for me um and for a lot of reasons I mean you know y'all saw there were several people yelling out and screaming out but that one in particular um did something to me because I think sometimes a lot of women don't feed into the whole women's united equality thing because they feel like they're forgotten we talk yes. about a lot of the general topics like rape and sexual assault and, um, you know, economics and parenthood or whatever. Most of the, the general conversations, but we forget about the little pockets of women. Um, well, I don't even say little pockets, large pockets of women who mm-hmm. we're not focusing on or bringing to the table. Yeah. Um, and so that part in particular was one of the most memorable for me because I, you know, although I've never been to prison and I can't relate directly, it did make me think, okay, what can I do for women in prison? I'm an author. Maybe I can send my books and make that something I do every year. Um, Mm -hmm. What can I do? Like Candace said, how can I lend my influence to that pocket of women? Um, So, you know, I think that's, you know, I tried to take that with me throughout the whole summit is okay. Although I can't relate to this woman specifically, you know, I may not have gone through that one particular incident or um, nightmare. How can I lend my hand to that type of woman to maybe help her either while she's going through it or when she's trying to um, rebuild her life after an experience like that? Um, and so that that for me was one of the most memorable experiences, of course, outside of Michelle Obama, but y'all already went there, so I won't. <laughs> um, we can talk about her forever. Really. I know. We can do a whole episode on her. So anyway, if you're listening to this episode and you missed any of what we've been talking about, you can go to the United States of Women uh, Summit Facebook page or to the website, which is theunitedstateofwomen.org, and you can see all of the main stage um sessions that we've been talking about the Jane Fonda you can see all of that um on those pages and so if you don't know what in the world we're talking about definitely go check it out (laughs) it's definitely been um very eye-opening so now that we're kind of moving into like 
actionable things and what we can do after an experience like what we just had. What small actions have you ladies been taking since the summit? Um, and on a larger scale, what do you see yourself doing to, like Candace said, lend your influence um, to help bridge the gap with gender equality, women's empowerment, and so on and so forth over the next year or so? Candace, you want to start? Yeah, so I would say, um, okay, so you said like on the smaller like level. On a smaller level and like on the grand scale of things, if there's something that you see yourself doing in the next year or two or longer, so, yeah. I would say on the smaller level, so okay, so I also, I have Women Who Hustle. I'm, I'm really not trying to do a plug. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to do a plug. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I have my Women's Network, Women Who Hustle, right? So immediately I was saying, uh, hello, you already have this network. You grew it organically on Instagram, right? Um, but are you really, are you, are you really doing what, you know, what you can do with this network of women, right? So I know just on a smaller scale, I just started to, uh, for me, what small looks like is the planning, right? And I already made a decision that uh, my volunteer time, and I realized, you know what, I do need a volunteer. Yes, I know we're all busy, but we need to volunteer. Right? Mm -hmm. and yes. We have, all three of us were there. So obviously we, you know, we're, we're doing, we're doing well. Okay. Are we, um, super, I mean like, you know, super wealthy. No, not yet, but we're doing well. We ended up at this summit. Right. And there's so many other women that are just not currently in that space. So mm -hmm. I do believe I need to volunteer more. And I decided that what my volunteer time is going to be, it will be with volunteering with women in prison. Mm -hmm. okay. And okay. it's because, I'm actually glad that you did bring that up, Natasha, because I do have a personal story. I have a cousin right now who's in prison in Texas. Did I ever think that me, Candace Nicole, being very, very transparent with everyone, would have a family member that's in prison? Absolutely not. Uh, it took me a lot of years to even swallow that pill um, because I didn't want individuals to judge me when they found that information out. Right. Um, because I'm a publicist, right? And it's just, you know, everything is just your image and, and everything of the sort. Um, but I arrived at the at a point where I said, you know what, it's not about, number one, it's not about you, right? And you are not the one that's in there serving that time. You know, it's, it's, your, it's your cousin, Rossi. And prayerfully, she will come home this summer. But I just, I said, that's where I want to volunteer my time. So I'm in the process on a smaller level, just planning of what I want to do actually in Charlotte with Women Who Hustle. Um, I do want to start identifying other, um, you know, women organizations or networks that I can collaborate with. I would say on a larger scale, what that looks like for me is that I'm going to put it out in the universe that I will be accepted as an ambassador for United States of Women. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm going to apply to that. And it's because I see what the work, you know, what it, what it has to be. And also, as Natasha did mention, how we did have that conversation, we said, whoa, why wasn't so-and-so there? And I actually did something on my IG stories. I told Natasha about it. But I asked the question, everyone who's tuning in, I asked a question on my IG stories, and I made a poll, right? And so when you answer, it tells you who answered that, that yay or nay. Uh -huh. And I was very surprised of people who were giving me the nays. Uh -huh. Because these are very much women that are in the space where 
all all woman Henry War type of type of thing. Um, and it was about like 85%, 87% of individuals who did not know about this. And with the women, I was really like blown away. Um, so I want to become an ambassador. I want to continue to to share, you know, to share the work. Um, you know, and I I, I do want to create more spaces of where it does not come off as this is just for a certain type yeah. of, of woman, right? That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yes. Um, I appreciate that there was there were women all walks of life. Um, you know, I'm there in my dress and my heels, and it was women like in their jeans, and uh-huh. it, that was that was different, right? Because I come from the world of if it's a summit, you're in your best and you're yeah. in your heels. Yeah. You know? Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I dressed up for Michelle Obama. Let's be real. <laughs> That's a great point, though, Candace. All three of us had our heels on, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? That is not every woman. Yeah, and true. We're missing we're missing out on so many other women because we are portraying of what what it's supposed to. This this conference is for only for this type of um, mm-hmm. woman, or this brunch is for you know this type of woman. So wanting to create more open spaces and safe spaces because I want to have those honest conversations back to that Sunday night where Judith, Natasha, and I were speaking so candidly. And mm-hmm. not, and none of us were taking offense to what whoever was saying. We were listening and just being honest and appreciating what each other had to say. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's, that's my plan. Yeah. Right. What about you, Judy, Judy? <laughs> oh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, I have the ideas that I have. No, I'm just kidding. No, I do. And I, I will start with um, like just the smaller things that I did um, at the summit. I told you guys there was, or you saw it. I mean, there is this woman that started this group, Elevest. Um, and it's basically, um, it's basically a, uh, it's a platform for, um, uh, like investing in women, basically invest. It's a platform for, uh, women investing their money. So, because that, um, is like, like you have Candace, you know, I moved out of my house when I was 18 and yes, I have a checking and savings account. Um, but I've just kind of like winged it. Like since I've been 18, you know, I save money, spend money, um, and pay my bills. You know, I've never, I don't know anything about investing and different sources of income and stuff like that. And it's kind of embarrassing. Um, and I don't want it to be embarrassing anymore, you know? And I think as women, you know, we, you know, we, one of the themes at the summit was when women have strong financial, knowledge or strong financial power, they themselves feel powerful and have more freedom in life, mm-hmm. which, um, is not for every woman because every, like you said, at the summit, there were women there in jeans and stuff like that. There's probably women there that are moms that they don't have a penny to their name, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So one little thing that I did after that was I kind of just set like said this little, wrote this little story 
about how I moved out when I was 18 and I've just kind of been winging it with my finances since then, but I want to learn more. And, um, if they wanted to, too, I sent this out to like a group of my friends and Mm -hmm. some acquaintances, all females. And if they wanted to check out this, uh, women investing platform, then they, they should. And it wasn't an ad or they didn't have to pay me or anything like that. It's just my personal story. And I don't want to be ashamed of it anymore. I want it to be like out in the open and I want to help other women that, are maybe in sticky financial situations, you know, and stuff like that. So that's just like one little thing that I did. Uh And then also, um, I don't know if it's because of the summit or meeting you guys and the very frank conversation that we had at dinner, but like I am have in the literally in the last two weeks, I have become so hyper aware of inclusivity and representation Mm -hmm. like it's ridiculous I mean my husband is just like what are you talking about like what (laughs) like because I'd be like I'll be like watching tv like a commercial and I'd be like why is it all white people yeah I don't get it you know or I'll be uh at a restaurant or something. I'm like, why are there all white people here? I mean, I, I don't know if it's from the summit, but it bothers me, you know, it Mm -hmm. really, it bothers me. And, you know, some things on social media, some groups that I'm involved with a lot of white women. And I, I want to open up those spaces and participate in the inclusivity and representation conversation. And I know Candace, you mentioned at, um, at dinner that, you know, you have events all the time and because of where you live in the state you live in, you're surrounded by a lot of black females all the time, but there's these events that white women have that you're like, man, black women would love to come to these too, or brown women or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, that's so cool. Like why, like, why isn't it mixing together? And I don't know if it's from the summit. Like I said, I don't know if I'm hyper aware of it, but I, I want to try to bridge that, um, in the spaces that I'm in, like I'm in the, I'm a volunteer instructor with the Sierra club and I take adults into the wilderness to learn about backpacking and hiking and all that stuff. And it is very white, very white. Mm -hmm. And, um, at the summit at the Sierra club table, there was a black woman and I told her my feelings about this. And she's like, do whatever you need to do. She's like, speak up, Uh say these things, come to the meetings, do this because we need more people like you to have these conversations being a white woman born into privilege. You know what I mean? And so I, I want, I need to get a game plan going about how I can, bridge these gaps and make it more inclusive and have more conversations in white spaces about people of color and the struggles that they have to face like every single day. Like I really wish that I could, I know this is like kind of blanketed, but you know, that, uh, movie, the 13th, I'm sure you've seen it. The documentary, the 13th. Oh, yeah. You know what? I still have not seen that. I'm so Yeah, ashamed. I haven't seen it either. Oh, Candace, we got our homework to do, huh? I got to watch so... Blackish and the 13th. <laughs> oh, I wish that I could, like, I seriously wish that I could mail, like, all my white 
friends and family members that like that movie. Cause that explains this like, sy- like systematic mm-hmm. breakdown mm-hmm. so well. And I don't know, I just need to figure out a way to, I want to be more articulate instead of angry. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? Like I want, I am continually learning. I'm involved. I, um, involved in this group. It's like a monthly dialogue. It's called Aware LA. It's the Alliance of White uh, Anti-Racists Everywhere. And it's really good because it's giving me more tools to articulate this in the white spaces that I'm in. And that's kind of what I need. And I need more teachings. I need more learnings. I need to read more about history. And I just need more tools in my toolbox so I can help educate the masses basically and how I'm going to do that I don't I don't specifically know but I know that I need more tools before I can go out and speak intelligently speak um articulately speak kindly and positively about and in you know about all of these things so that's the third long-winded version and then the last one <laughs> you have me on this podcast and you didn't know that I was chatty Kathy or maybe you did uh yeah I mean I knew you okay <laughs> okay good good well and the last one um is body positive messages um I am just freaking over the whole like you need to have a black or you need to have a flat stomach to be beautiful or considered the ideal woman or the ideal man for that matter, or women or girls or boys or whatever. Um, This is, you know, kind of petty a little bit, but Kim Kardashian went on Twitter and was like talking about uh, like this uh, appetite depressant sucker. And I was like, really, really? Like you have millions of followers. A lot of them are young women who probably have body image things already because it's a difficult time in your life. And you're doing that. Like I was so angry and I don't want to be angry. I want to be articulate. And so I need to figure out a way to like start something with more body positive images. Like you need to be able to wear whatever you want to the beach, whatever you want to the pool and people don't have to, you know, talk down to you or give you dirty looks or tell you you're not a certain size to be wearing that. Like, I just don't like that at all. And so I want to try to, cause they talked a lot about at the summit body being body, body positive and stuff like that. So that's something I want to try to dive into. I have all these ideas, but I just need to organize them and think of an action plan basically. Right. Very true. So I think, well, I mean, both of you had really great Candace mentioned planning and that being her first step. I think for you, Judith, it's going to start with something you already doing, having conversations. I feel like a lot of the women who are, um, you know, the ones that were on the stage and they seem to be well-versed in whatever their initiatives were um, in activism. 
I feel like it came through just having conversations. They learned as they had conversations. So I I think the more, and that's why I really wanted us to have this conversation today, because this is the start of it. Um, And it's also a great way for us to hold each other accountable because we can't Mm -hmm. do it alone, which is why I love what the United States of Women is doing, because they do a great job at convening, getting us together and teaching us and trying to give us the tools that we need. Um, But I think, you know, like Candace said, planning, having conversations, those are really the two, I think, first steps in um, all of our, you know, actions that we want to do. For me, um, on a small scale... Like Candace mentioned, I am applying for the ambassadorship, nice. and and I'm also um, going to. They have um, they're looking for like content creators, mm-hmm. and because that's what I do anyway, create content. I want to lend my hands in that area as well, since that's something I'm already doing. So, um, one of the ways that I want to do that is by starting to create more content to um, draw the light on many of the issues that we heard about at the summit. Once mm-hmm. that I can, I rather I know someone has gone through it, or if I have a personal story to gear more of my content um, in that direction. Um, on, I've also been doing a lot of research, like both of you mentioned, on you know how to plan, what I can do on a local lep on a local level, and on a I guess on a larger scale of things. Candace and I talked about this briefly. I asked her at where do we go? The Strand House on Manhattan mm-hmm. Beach. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I asked her, "What do you think if I run for office?" And she thought it was a great idea. Um, and yes. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, you have my vote. Okay, thank you, Judith. <laughs> um, this is something I actually, it's not the first time I've ever thought about it. My mom actually mentioned it to me a year ago. She said, you'd be great in you know, politics. It doesn't have to be on a large level. And I kind of shut her down because I think Candace mentioned earlier how sometimes we just kind of disregard politics. To me, it's a really heavy thing. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so much in it. It's like, it's scary almost. Um, and so the thought of being responsible in any capacity kind of scared me. But I think after this summit, it kind of confirmed that I don't have to do anything. I don't have to run for president, which I don't think I ever will. But <laughs> I can never say never. Never okay, say never. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> only if I could have Michelle as my vice president. Okay, that's the only way I'm going to do it. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I've been doing research. Um. And as far as planning, I've already gotten a calendar for all of the city council meetings that are coming up. Um, They have them twice a month. And so I'm going to start going to the meetings and seeing what's already being worked on, what needs improved. And this, I'm going to just throw this out here. In the district that I live in, there are no women at all on the city council. And there's only one African-American man who is probably like in his 70s. No offense wow. to the black seventy-year-old men, but there is just something wrong with that picture. Oh uh, yes. yes. Remember what the mayor of Compton said, right? Right. She was. <clears throat> she made the comment. Everyone. She was. Uh, I forgot what the question was, but she was saying that a lot of these individuals that they are still in office, right? When it comes to city council, some of that stuff, they just get reelected just by default. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because yeah. so really no one challenges. No them. one challenges yeah. them, right? And so, actually, they sometimes are voting on stuff that will 
happen in five, 10, 15 to 20 years out, right? And she's like, how are you voting on this? And let's say the person is 70 years old and this is going to happen within 20 years. Now, look, they may be still living, right? But she's like, how are you voting on this? And you may not even be around. Mm-hmm. And it's because of how it's affecting the stuff that we are going through right now, like in your current your current city, your your uh, your county, your district, your ward, however, where you live, um, that may have been something that someone voted on ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sadly, and it's, just, it's just unrolling out, or yeah. you're just at the point where okay, we got ourselves out of that, and now we can change, you know, moving forward. And so that also is why it's very important to understand on the local level, right? Instead, I mean, yes, you should know what's going on in the world, but. What's going on in your city? What's going on in your county? What's going on in your state? Yeah. Because you have to know, like, if you have neighborhood meetings, do the town hall meetings and everything, you should know that these people are voting on stuff. And a lot of this stuff is actually public information. Oh, yeah. I I mean, you can get the meeting notes right online. So so that's what, you know, some of the smallest steps I'm taking um, you know, I don't know if I'll run this year. I can actually run this year. I already looked it up. The deadline is um, in the end of July, I believe. So I have some time to figure out if it's something I want to do this year or mm-hmm. next year. But it's definitely something that I feel I don't even feel like it would be hard. Um, it's just a matter of figuring out what I want to bring to the table mm-hmm. and what what I can do. What can I offer? That's how can I what can I do to make it better? And when I there is um, a bunch of tools, uh, especially designed for women, that because of this new election cycle coming up, Mm -hmm. I would um, just for yourself and people listening, Emily's list is really good uh, resource for first time people running. Uh, She should run is also another organization, and I've actually been to two of their events. I mean, just a wealth of information and I'll have to go back in my notes, but there's two more organizations that have a specific training program for women who want to run for office and it's all over the country. It's national. There's two national organizations. I have them in my notes. I will send them to you, but I think you should totally do it because how... You're exactly right. People are making decisions in your communities and they're directly affecting you, but they have no idea who their constituents are because maybe their term has been forever and they never go challenged. They never go unchallenged. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. So um, that's that's what, you know, some of my larger goals are. And I feel like I've, you know, built a pretty good platform of my own. And that'll help me as well. So I'm thinking about it. That's what I'm doing on a small and large scale. Um, But again, I do feel like planning and just having conversations, even the uncomfortable conversations, especially the uncomfortable conversations, especially especially those ones, um, is going to be important. So whether we're using our Facebook pages, me, my podcast, whatever we already have access to, I feel like it's important that we utilize those in the most effective ways possible. Um, because this is the only way that things are actually going to change. But mm-hmm. anyway, we can sit here and talk all day long. We really could. But, 
because I know we all have busy lives, I'm going to wrap up the conversation. Do you ladies have any final words? Um, if you want to let the listeners know where they can stay in contact with you, please go ahead. Judith, you go first. Well, I just finished my master's, so I'm looking for work. So if you need to hire some amazing person, <laughs> I am here for you. <laughs> um, but um, see, honestly, seriously, you can find me on Instagram at jfj10. Um, and on Facebook at JJ Hines. Um, I try to post... I, um, I like political stuff. Um, I like to dig deep into it. So, um, if you want to talk politics with me, I love to do that. Um, and yeah, this has just been wonderful. And I just really feel that people come into your lives for a reason. And I'm so very happy to have met both of you because I'm so talkative. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the club, Judith. Yes. So um, I just feel so grateful um, for being included on this podcast. Thank you both. I mean, so much from the bottom of my heart. Oh, and I need to add that the reason why I deeply love both of these women is because I went to a breakout (laughs) session during the summit for like upwards, maybe three hours. And I came back and I saw them still sitting in the front row and I didn't expect to have my seat but I went up to him and I was like oh I just went to this and they're like girl we have your seat I'm like what (laughs) and they literally held down my seat front row for upwards of three hours and let me tell you it could have been a bloodbath in there for to see Michelle Obama (laughs) listen Candace would have been fighting off everybody she held down the fort (laughs) yeah Yes. So I am eternally grateful for holding down my seat for so very long and I'm indebted to you forever. (laughs) We love you, Judith. (laughs) You held it down with us in the morning, you know, and I guess, you know, I just, yeah, I'm I'm a loyal one. Like Mm -hmm. we were in there like early in the morning and I'm like, the people are saying, oh, is this seat taken? Yes. She's coming back for her jacket. <laughs> just amazing. I was like teary eyed and I, you're like, who is this girl? Why is she hugging me still? I don't, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> no, it's like, you know, it was, it was our pleasure. It's, it's like, no way we have front row seats. No one else is going to, you know, like we stood in the line and that's the thing for the people who were in the front, anyone who has gotten to say like a concert early or another conference or anything, you were in that front because hello, you got up early. Yeah. So I said no. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I, I love you for it. <laughs> and and before you go, Candace, let me say this. It's so funny how at the first summit, um, you guys remember Brandy, my friend that sat in the front row with us this time. Mm-hmm. Well, I met Brandy in line at the 2016 summit. We both got there at like five o'clock in the morning and we stood in that line until they opened the doors. Well, this year they had, it was set up different. They were tables and things like that. So obviously when they opened the doors, it was like a huge stampede. Everybody was trying to get to the front. (laughs) Well, Brandy bum rushed her way to the front. We got a front table, but this year we left at our breakout sessions. And when we tried to come back, some of the like staff were trying to give us a hard time. Like everyone was seated and they waited until everything was starting to tell us we needed to move. 
So we were like, no, we were here first. And so anyway, Brandy was able to pull some strings and keep our front seat. Well, this year, she lives in L.A. So she texts me that morning. She's like, I'm running late or whatever. It just so happened there were two seats left on the front row. And I was able to save her one of those seats. And so it's so funny how it's this whole front row seat thing and <laughs> meeting people and how Brandy and I now two years later, we're still friends. We met up again this year and now it's Judith. So I just feel like it's the start to a great friendship. Yes. And I'm I'm so glad that we met you, Judith. Like I'm seriously Aww. happy. Oh, I feel the same way, ladies. Awesome. All right, Candy, tell us where to find you. Oh, yeah. So you can follow me at Candice Nicole PR, and that is C-A-N-D-I-C-E-N-I-C-O-L-E-P-R. And then also you can follow Women Who Hustle. Definitely will be making some changes within the next, I would say, just to be honest, like next like 60 days, Mm -hmm. um, because I do feel like I kind of want to go through a small little smidge of, uh, of rebranding and it's because I already do have some influence in that space and again um, attending that summit I just want to um, be of better service to everyone and I actually will just share that is if, if you yearn to be a leader you have to learn how to serve first uh-huh. and you just have to think <clears throat> you have to think about that uh, maybe it was just a couple of years ago where I truly understood when people said, you know, great leaders, you know, they know how to serve. You need to learn how to serve. Um, who's around you, how to serve your, you know, your community and your family. And so that's what I, I want to do um, with that. Awesome. So thank you so much, Candace and Judith, for spending an hour with me today. I am so thankful so, for your time. And I'm great. sure the listeners have enjoyed our conversation. So thank you so much for spending the time with us today and lending your insight and thoughts and opinions. I'm excited for our next chapter um, as we move forward and as we continue on our mission to engage, inspire, and be more of an impact, um, especially to women in our country, well, in the world in general. So If you're listening to this episode, please make sure you connect with Candace and Judith on social media. Go check them out. Have conversations with them. Um, Let them know if there's anything they said today that maybe you can help them with or help them execute or um, lend your support in. And of course, don't forget to thumbs up, subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you thought about this show. Share it with someone who you know that may need to hear what we talked about on today. And until the next time, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening to the Table Talk with Toddy podcast. This episode has been brought to you by our sponsor, Tot Spot Productions. Be sure to visit NatashaWeston.com to join the conversation, read the blog, and discover more content. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to the Apple Podcast or Google Play app and subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until next time.